Welcome into Locked On Phillies. The Phillies dropped their third straight game, this time in the series opener against the Miami Marlins. We've got your full reaction to all the action from last night's uh, not that great game if you're a Philadelphia fan. That plus a problem in center field that needs to be addressed on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I am your host, Connor Thomas. I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Man, I've been talking Phillies baseball for years. I always tell you this. I talk Phillies baseball over at 97.5 The Fanatic. I played in college. I played semi-pro ball. I followed baseball a lot. And I don't know how to explain what in the world happens when the Philadelphia Phillies go to Miami or when they're visited by the Miami Marlins. But something about that team is just absolute kryptonite for the Phillies. It's It's crazy. It's literal kryptonite. A lot of people use that expression, they're a certain team's kryptonite, when you lose like two of three to a team in any given season or something like that, talking other sports, of course, because you play more in baseball. No, this is like literal kryptonite. Like for whatever reason, the Phillies cannot play against the Miami Marlins. They're on the plus side of record against every other team in the NL East over the past three seasons. Miami Marlins, they lose more than they win. The Phillies lose to them more than they win, rather. It would make sense to say the Marlins lose more than they win, but not when they play Philadelphia. I'm almost convinced at this point, if the Phillies played 162 games a year against the Miami Marlins, man, I don't know that they win 60 games. It's crazy to say that. It may sound like an overreaction. It's not. This team can't handle them. And last night, we saw another example of just a better team losing to a worse team when you see a Phillies Marlins matchup. Where to even begin with the box score this one? If you missed the game last night, it was a 4-3 victory by the Marlins. The Phillies made it a game, uh, but it honestly, once the Marlins went up 4-0 by the fifth inning, it kind of felt like that one's over. Despite the big comeback the Phillies had against the Mets, coming back from down 4-0, every time the Phillies give up a lead, their bats have been so quiet. It feels like, man, they don't have a shot in this one. That's just, listen, We can't lie to each other about how we feel. That is the feeling that I get when the Phillies go down three or four runs now. And it's crazy considering how talented this lineup is, but they're just not hitting right now. It's absolutely nuts that they're not, but they're not. And they're going to heat up. It's fine. It's not panic button. But right now we're weathering through our first really tough patch of the season. Both as Philadelphia Phillies fans and the guys on the team are going through this as well. They don't love losing to the Marlins. They don't love losing to anybody. But it's just the nature of what's happening right now for them. Let's take a look at how exactly it happened in this one, starting with the pitching matchup. So Sandy Alcantara went for the Miami Marlins. He went six and a third innings pitch. He gave up seven hits. It's not exactly like he diced the Phillies. He was hittable. And the Phils just, for whatever reason, didn't get the job done. They scored two against Alcantara, but it was late. It was in the top of the seventh, and it was why he was pulled. Honestly, he was over 90 pitches, and he probably shouldn't have gotten the opportunity to go out there for the seventh. But he was dealing. So, really, that's all that matters. Oh, I apologize. They got one in the top of the first. I forgot because the bats were so quiet from that. 
Uh, Bryce Harper did have an RBI uh, sacrifice fly in the top of the first inning. And with a couple of hard hit balls before that, it felt like the Phillies were off and running and then just absolutely quiet at the plate between the first inning and the seventh. But Alcantara, rather, was solid on the evening. Only one walk, five Ks through 95 pitches. He's got a 3-1-8 ERA on the year. Kyle Gibson had a rough follow-up to what was an outstanding first start of the year for the Phillies. He went four and two-thirds, gave up five hits, but four runs, four earned, including a moonshot off the bat of Garrett Cooper that I think landed in the next county. He might have hit it clear out of Dade County down there in Miami, Florida. Not great, and his control wasn't great. He did get a little bit of a rough defense in what was the big inning for Miami in the bottom of the fourth from center fielder Matt Beerling. Trust me, this uh, the second segment we do today, we're going to dive a lot into that. But just looking at the overview from the game, that definitely contributed, but not Gibson's best day. He struck out six, but walked three. The command just wasn't great, and he was frustrated with the umpire, balls and strikes, probably some of the defense being played behind him and just – was slightly unlucky, but also did not spot very well. The bullpen for the Phillies continues to be good. No runs, no earned last night. Perfect. Bellotti, Norwood, Hand, Knable. Nobody gave up any runs there. Only one hit the rest of the way once uh, Kyle Gibson left the game. So the Phillies had an opportunity late, but they just couldn't capitalize. So here's how the scoring went. The Phillies scored in the top of the first. Then the Marlins had that big inning in the bottom of the fourth where they put up three. Uh, another answer in the bottom of the fifth for Miami to make it four to one. And that was all they would need. Now the Phillies had a little bit of chance in the seventh when Bryce Harper had a big at bat, a nice uh, two out, two RBI double that uh, brought the game to within one run. But unfortunately that was all that they would score. And Bryce got a chance as the winning run in the top of the ninth with two outs flew out to left field to end the ball game. So there's only so much he could do. He was the source of the entirety of their RBIs on the day, though. Three RBIs, only one for four. But um, the real stalwart of the game offensively for the Phillies was JT Ramuto, who went four for four yesterday and is now batting 360 on the year. He's heating up. The issue is Kyle Schwarber went one for five. He's batting 111 on the year. Bryce Harper, one for four, batting 160 on the year. Nick Castellanos, one for four. Not terrible, but Reese Hoskins went 0 for with two Ks. He's batting 238. Dede Gregorius is only batting 217. Bryson Stott, a young player, but you want to see more from him, is batting 222. It's just too many holes in this lineup. A nice bright spot. We're going to talk about some positives because I'm a positive person. As I look through the box score and I look at some of these numbers, Johan Camargo had played some great defense in this game. He's played great defense at multiple positions over the course of this season so far, and he's batting 429. It's really hard to put Alec Bohm back out there at third base when you're getting this quality of defense from Johan Camargo, and he's hitting the ball well, too. I know Bohm's only gotten out once on the season, but still, Camargo's hitting well enough that he should stay in the lineup. But the Marlins were just better. Um, Jorge Soler went over. Garrett Cooper only had one hit. Like, the Marlins only had six hits on the game, but the difference is, and surprising that we're saying this, other teams are leaving the ballpark against the Phillies. The Phillies aren't doing it themselves. The Phillies had 11 hits, only three runs. Just couldn't string them together. The Marlins, six hits, four runs. Part of it was that big Garrett Cooper home run that uh, got that rally started. And then when they got the bases juiced up, I don't think they they were full, but two runners on, Joey Wendell came through and had a big two RBI hit in that same inning to contribute to those three runs. It's just 
you need timely hitting. And the Phillies have not had timely hitting. They've had very little hitting in general. This was a nice game in the hit column, but they also need to come in big spots. So it wasn't great. And the Marlins bullpen, which is normally pretty shaky, only allowed four hits the rest of the way and one run, which was in that inning where Sandy Alcantara uh, was removed from the game. So unfortunately for the Phils, just another bad game. How do they fix it? I honestly don't know. You just need guys to stop slumping. You need guys to hit their ways out of slump. It's going to take time. This could get worse before it gets better because they're good hitters that are just hitting below their talent level. Nick Castellanos, Reese Hoskins, definitely Kyle Schwarber, definitely Bryce Harper. And the only way they get out is by getting more bats and continuing to slug through slumps. Just the team is slumping at this point. And some of the big bats who are your RBI guys are getting RBI opportunities when they're not hitting very well. So, it'll come. It'll be fine. They can still win this series. They can win the final three games of this series, no problem. You can go to Colorado and win two or three and have a great road trip. We're fine. We need one tonight. Tonight turns into a big game now because you can't lose the first two of the series and then fight for a split the rest of the way. It's a bad start to the road trip when you lose the first two. So a big one tonight with Ranger Suarez on the mound. Hopefully the Phillies will be able to bounce back and give us something to be excited about because, man, I can't be doing this three games in a row, losing the teams in games where you look awful thing. It's going to make it a real long summer here in Philadelphia. And honestly, I love to be positive and I'm going to try to continue to be, but this is a tough stretch right now for the Phils. It's okay. There's another one tonight. They play again tomorrow and they'll play the day after and the next three days after that, they're not off until Thursday. So the good news is we got plenty of time to work through it. And we're early in the season, only six games or seven games now gone. So Deep breath, everybody. We're still relaxing. Just not fun Phillies baseball right now. And that's, uh, it is what it is at this point. Not much I can do from here behind this microphone. Not much you can do sitting at home watching the games or going to the games. We just got to let the players play this one out. But there's a position that does need to be addressed. I know I said no panic button, and that's for the team in general. But there's a position where, frankly, at this point, I've seen enough for the time being, and a replacement needs to be made. And that replacement may not currently be on the roster. I'll tell you what I'm talking about in just a second. First of all, I want to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is awesome. You've heard me talk about them for months now. It's great. And the weather's beautiful. It's like 70 degrees. I'm about to go out after this and get some shots up, play some uh, play some hoops. And the way that I get my body ready for athletic competition, for working out, for day-to-day life, just so I feel good, so I look good at the beach, all of that, it's Built Bar. They got low-calorie, high-protein protein bars. So replace your candy bars with these. They taste just as good, if not better. And that's because they're made with 100% real chocolate, including their puffs, which are protein-infused marshmallows. Man, they sound good. They taste even better than they sound. And plus, they're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. When you compare that to a candy bar, it's like the Marlins facing the Phillies. It's no contest. All right, that was a cheap shot. I didn't need that one. But it is no contest. The Built Bar is so much better for you and tastes great too. Listen to some of these great flavors. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and white chocolate cookies and cream is their new flavor. It's so good. And at Built Bar, they're all about the taste. That's why it tastes so good. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. That's 15% off using LOCK15 at Built.com. Okay, 
it's time to talk about center field. <laughs> no, don't check your calendar. This is not the 2021 version of Locked On Phillies. You remember last year, the start of the year, with the struggles in center field with Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley and Mickey Moniak and them not hitting at all and then batting like 100 for the first couple months of the season before Odubel Herrera was eventually called back up and given the opportunity to be the everyday center fielder for this team. Well, uh, yeah, it's gotten worse. This is 2022, and so far, seven games in, a Philadelphia Phillies center fielder does not have a hit in a ball game. Let me say that again in case you missed it or you fainted from what I just told you. A Philadelphia Phillies center fielder over the course of seven games, that's if you're batting three times in each game, which they're batting more. Let's call it even four times. I don't know if I can do four times seven because I'm dumb. 28 at bats, no hits. Matt Vierling, hitless. Simone Muziati, who came in and started one game at one point this year, also hitless. But Matt Vierling has made the majority of starts in center field, and he's over on the year. He's walked once, I think. He was hit by a pitch last night, so he did get on base. But it's uh, it's gone too far, frankly. I know there's not really that many other options, and I know Simone Muziati is not exactly going to be an MLB caliber center fielder. You can't expect him to be. But you got to try something different. You got to give Muziati the start tonight. You can't keep running Matt Vierling back out there. You cannot have a guy in this lineup that at this point in the year is hitless. And at the start of the year, Vierling was squaring some balls up. He was the most unlucky player in baseball by some advanced metrics, saying that he should have hits with how much he was barreling the ball up and the exit velocity and where he was hitting the ball to. Unlucky at the start, but now it's almost like it's gotten in his head a little bit that he's over. He's pressing and he's not picking up pitching well. You can kind of tell. Uh, I'm going to back up and stand up a little bit. You can kind of tell by like a guy's body motion in the box. And you can pick up certain things to tell you how comfortable he is at the plate and how much he's recognizing pitching. A big thing is the key is you want to keep your lower body weight back until you explode into the pitch. It helps you hit the off-speed pitch. If you play baseball, you know what I'm talking about. If not, you just got a uh, hitting the breaking ball one-on-one. You keep your weight on the back leg so you can adjust and you don't get caught out in front. So what you see a lot of times when guys aren't picking up pitches well is you see the lower body twitch. You see them kind of leaning in and losing their balance, not reading what is coming out of the pitcher's hand well. And over the past couple games, Matt Veerling has had that lower body twitch a lot. He's throwing his hands. He's losing his balance. And that's not just you're in a slump. That's you're not picking up pitches well because something's going on where you're not either mentally zoned in on hitting, you're in a slump and you just can't seem to figure it out and you're pressing, whatever the actual reason may be, that's what I'm seeing. And it's a time where he needs a day or two or three off from playing and swinging the bat to kind of collect himself. Because frankly, throwing this kid out to the Wolves is not working anymore. He's getting eaten alive out there by MLB pitching. It's unfortunate for a young player. And I don't think all is lost with Matt Vierling. This is a short-term, hey, Girardi, but uh, that was Mr. Manager Joe Girardi. I mean, to be respectful, um, you've got to do something. You've got to take him out of the ballgame right now because you cannot have a guy in the lineup who's batting over. It's basically like the Phillies are playing every other team with a DH, and they don't have one because they've got a guy at the bottom of the lineup that's essentially taking the role of the pitcher. In fact, I might rather have Zach Wheeler taking it back than um, Matt Vierling at this point. Mickey Moniak isn't walking through that door. He's still hurt. Odubel Herrera is not walking through that door. He's still hurt. 
your only option right now is Simone Muziati or a little bit of an outside-of-the-box option. And I think the Phillies might actually employ, and this is what I would do if I was given the option. It's a little bit of a shakeup. It's not ideal, but you got to do what you got to do. My lineup tonight would have Kyle Schwarber in left field, Bryce Harper in center field, Nick Castellanos in right field. Just put guys out there that can hit. Defense be damned. Because we saw last night in that fourth inning where uh, Zach Gibson, Zach Gibson, Kyle Gibson ran into a little bit of trouble. Matt Veerling had a play in center field that he looked like he alligator arms. He was just scared to run into the wall, didn't know where he was on the field, pulled up on a ball that could have been caught that was a huge part of that inning and ultimately led towards the Phillies being down and put them behind the eight ball in the game. It was not great. And when he starts going defensively, you can't stomach the offense anymore or the lack of offense, rather, I should say. So I'm going tonight. Schorber, Harper in center, Castellanos in right. And then we'll, I don't know, DH Alec Bohm. Play Camargo at third, Didi at short, Stott at second if uh, Gene Segura is not ready to go, Reese at first, JT, normal stuff there, and run with that because you got to do something different at center field. And you can't just play all of those guys in the outfield every day. They're not good enough defensively. And Bryce Harper, you don't want him in center field spending that much time out of position and changing all that stuff for him. You want him to be zoned in at the plate. But, man, you got to figure out something. You have two hurt center fielders, one that's not gotten on base all year and another one that has not gotten on base all year but hasn't got as much opportunity. So I guess you go with that guy if you're not doing what I suggested to put Harper out there and play your three big bats in the outfield all together. I just don't even know. It's not a good spot right now. And I thought, wow, once you uh, got Mickey Moniak and Matt Veerling in here in the spring they had, no more center field issues. Well, turns out I was wrong. Hand up. It's not the last time you'll hear me say that, but it is the first time this season, this regular season, where you'll hear me say, man, I was flat out wrong about that position. And center field so far has been underwhelming. So I'm sorry. And I hope Matt Veerling figures it out. I don't think Matt Veerling is washed as a player. I just think right now a change has got to be made. That's my immediate reaction to what happened last night and the center field situation and how that stands. But if you want to check out immediate reactions from across the MLB, I need you to check out Locked On Now. So I want to thank you, as always, for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I also want you to check out Locked On Now. So you've seen some of the nows I've been putting out, the immediate reaction videos that come out within minutes of the game being done. Yeah, Locked On is the only one that's doing that across the entirety of the leagues. You can get commentary on any team anywhere. Ours is better here at Locked On, but you can't get the immediate stuff that we do at Locked On anywhere else. And that's why you check out Locked On Nows. They're short videos. It's kind of put together like a little highlight package. You can catch up on all the news around sports in general, around MLB, and you've got that at Locked On Now, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. On the other side, we're going to have something a little bit lighter. We're going to look at the next three games in this series, look at some projected pitching matchups, and see how realistic it is that the Phillies break out of their slump the final three games in Miami and also when they go to Colorado. We're not going to get too much into that Colorado series. We're just going to project out a little bit because when you're in the middle of the bad times, what do you do? Well, you look forward to good times because you know they're going to be coming. We'll talk about that in our final segment as we prepare for game two of Phillies Marlins later on tonight. Speaking of looking forward to good times, you can look forward to good times anytime you prepare to watch or bet on a sporting event by just using Bet Online. That's because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. 
Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs. We got the latest playing games going on tonight. Some teams are going to head home. You want all the information? Go to Bet Online. And plus, the start of the Major League Baseball season, we're seven games in for Phillies fans, only about a week's worth of games. And there's so much more action that we're just getting into. Get ahead of the trends by using Bet Online. That's because Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs. They've even got esports and more. So head to the website today, or you can even use your phone, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's take a look at some pitching matchups that hopefully are going to help the Phillies get out of this slump that they've been in for the past three games. We can even call it the past four games, maybe the past five games, the past six games, if you go back to when they uh, were, they lost four to one to the Oakland Athletics in game two of, or game three of the year. Man, it's not been a great start for the Philadelphia Phillies offense, but taking a look at some of the pitchers they're going to see the rest of the way, at least in this Marlins series, they've got some opportunities. Tonight, it's Pablo Lopez, who has a 180 ERA after his first start. He went five innings. Three hits, six Ks. He's a good pitcher, solid pitcher. Righty, though. And the Phillies, I got to imagine they're going to be better against righties this season because you think about some of the big bats for the Philadelphia Phillies and the guys we were talking about need to get going. The two that really stick out that are struggling the most are Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. Both lefties, both have a great opportunity with Pablo Lopez on the mound tonight for Miami. Lopez is a good pitcher. But the Phillies can absolutely take advantage of him. And they hit Alcantara, Alcantara, got to say his name right. I apologize about that. They hit Alcantara well last night. They just didn't capitalize on certain scenarios. Tonight, hopefully, they go ahead and get that figured out. Because, well, tonight's the night they're going to need to. You look at the pitching matchup. By the way, Zach Eflin goes for the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. Eflin, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to pull off. He's still working his way back from a little bit of injury issues in 2021. Still getting settled in, getting more stretched out. It's going to take him longer. Him, Suarez, Wheeler, going to take them a little bit longer to get stretched out this year than Nola and um, Kyle Gibson, uh, relatively. But uh, you look at it, and uh, hopefully you get a good start from Zach Eflin. He throws pretty well in the NL East, so fingers crossed that uh, Eflin gives us a good start. But we're looking more at the offense. Now, they need to win tonight. Because tomorrow night, they see Trevor Rogers, And Rogers has developed into a solid young starting pitcher. He's got a 3-6 ERA on the year, but only a 1-4 whip. Five innings pitched, 3K, six hits, one walk. No home runs given up yet. But Rogers seems to always give the Phillies fits. And that lefty-lefty matchup is tough for Harper. Tough for Schwarber. Tough for Didi Gregorius. Going to be tough for Bryson Stott if he starts in that game. So you'd love to see them take advantage of a – susceptible righty in tonight's game rather than waiting for Trevor Rogers tomorrow night to try and fight to split the series. Plus, you just need a win to build momentum anyway. That's the matchup for game two. And Ranger Suarez will go in that one against Trevor Rogers. Suarez trying to make a bounce back from his first performance of the year, his first outing of the year, in which he was uh, a little bit wild and was unfortunately the, uh, the recipient of some bad defense behind him. Well, you know what? You got to deal with that as it comes. But Ranger Suarez should be better in this one. I can't imagine he's as wild as he was in his first outing of the year in his second outing now down in Miami. So fingers crossed that he'll have a little bit of a bounce back performance. And then you've got Zach Wheeler going Sunday, April 17th in a 
40 start, kind of a weird time, against Alicia Hernandez. Uh, that's another one where the Phillies should be able to take advantage. Hernandez has a 7-7-1 ERA. He's 0-1 on the year. He gave up five hits in just four and two-thirds innings. He gave up two home runs in that start. He walked three guys. That's a guy that you should absolutely – like when you have Wheeler versus Hernandez, that's got to be a win. So I'm doing it right now. I'm giving you the CT guarantee. I've only done this one other time this year. The CT guarantee, the Phillies are going to win the final game of this series, right? So you need to find one, maybe two more games in this series you can win. And I think tonight is the prime candidate for that second game they win in this series, assuming, of course, that they win the ender on Sunday. So that's what we're looking forward to in this series. Hopefully they'll find something out and figure something out tonight against Lopez. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I could pitch against the Phillies right now, and they might have trouble with the way that they're slumping. Okay, that's not true. But (laughs) they've been that bad to the point where that sounds somewhat realistic. Hey, it's still early. I'm trying not to panic. You shouldn't panic. There's no reason to. They're not even 10% of the way into their schedule yet. So go ahead and we'll we'll take our time. Everything will be fine. The Phillies will be good. This offense will pick up. Positive thoughts, positive reinforcements. One thing I want to mention, too, before I get out of here, because that's all I've got for you. But today, something special that happens in Major League Baseball every year. It's Jackie Robinson Day. Everyone will be wearing 42 tonight. Everyone will have that special number, no name on the jersey. Respect to Jackie Robinson, who, of course, broke the color barrier when he made his Major League debut for the Brooklyn Dodgers, the first African-American to play Major League Baseball. So, I mean, it's been said over and over and over again, and it will never be said enough how much Jackie Robinson means to the game of baseball, what an amazing life and career he had, and just wanted to take a moment to, of course, show my respects to the great Mr. Robinson and what he did in this time, and it's great that the MLB continues to show respects to Jackie with this day every single year. So that's a fun little thing. I always love seeing everyone wear 42 and great respect to what is or who is, who was an amazing baseball player and an even more amazing person. So shout out to Jackie Robinson and everything going on there and how Major League Baseball will celebrate him tonight. That's all that I have for you today. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now I want you to go make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, I tell you about him all the time. Why haven't you checked him out yet? If you have, you already know how much of a baseball encyclopedia he is. He knows the history of the game. He knows storylines from around the league. He covers baseball so well, and he does it all-encompassing. It's not just focused on one team. He covers it all. So if that's your cup of tea, go check him out next. Locked on MLB. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank you for the continued support here on Locked on Phillies. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing both on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, leaving me those five-star reviews, giving me those good reviews and good comments, commenting on the YouTube, letting me know what you like, letting me know what you don't like. Give me some feedback because I love to hear from you and your thoughts on the show. My goal is to make the best possible show for you. I'm not doing this just for me. I enjoy doing it, but really I'm doing this for you to bring you the best Phillies content day in and day out. So when you subscribe, when you review, when you rate, you're telling me what you think. You're either giving me positive reinforcement or you're helping me make the show even better. So continue to do that. I appreciate all that you guys have done so far to help me out with that. And uh, we'll continue to slug along. The Phillies might slump, but Locked On Phillies never slumps. We show up every day and we we just go ahead and deliver. That's what I'm going to do day in and day out, regardless of how the Major League team plays. Hopefully, though, tonight we get a better game to talk about. 
tomorrow. That's all I've got for you. Actually, programming note, there will no, be no episode tomorrow. I've got an Easter episode coming out for you Sunday in which we'll recap the entirety of the series. It'll have tonight's game, tomorrow night's game, and we'll go ahead and preview the final game of the series. But we'll have two games to react to there and get everything all squared away just like we did with the athletics series. That's all I got for you today. Appreciate you being with us here on Locked on Phillies, and I will talk to you all on Easter.